Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, our first reading from the prophet Jeremiah treats of a theme that is basic throughout the Bible. I'm talking about the motif of the return from exile. Like two great hinges on which the Old Testament turns are the stories of Exodus and exile. Right? So early on in the in the Old Testament we find Israel is enslaved in Egypt but God liberates the people and brings them to the promised land. This great act of of freedom. Later we hear about the northern tribes of Israel carried off by the Assyrians. And later still, the southern tribes carried off by the Babylonians. So another kind of enslavement, another kind of exile. And then throughout the prophets and the Psalms especially, once you, you get this theme in your head, you're going to see it everywhere in the Bible. But especially in the prophets and Psalms, we hear the call for and, and prophesizing of a great return, a new exodus the moment when all the tribes of Israel would be gathered in and brought back home. Does that make sense? Like Exodus is the first great hinge, and then the exile is the second hinge, a new Exodus. So Jeremiah was writing at the time of the Babylonian exile. It's interesting, though, that our passage for today from Jeremiah refers to the return of the northern tribes. Listen. The Lord has delivered his people, the remnant of Israel. Behold, I will bring them back from the lands of the north. Again, what's being talked about there is that first exile of the northern tribes. But Jeremiah, who lived during the second uh, exile, is, is giving voice to God's desire to bring back those northern exiles. Then he gets even more specific. Listen, I will gather them from the end of the world, with the blind and the lame in their midst, they shall return as an immense throng. See, everybody gets home. That's the point. Even the weakest and most vulnerable. That's the hope. That's the prophecy. I'll gather them from the end of the world. Even the blind and lame, they shall return as an immense throng. Think of the immense throng returning to the promised land from Egypt. Now this immense throng of exiles coming back. You know, we find something very similar in the prophet Isaiah, that familiar language, when he speaks of making a highway for the Lord. See, what's he talking about? But a clearing of a path for the return of the exiles in Babylon. That's the highway of the Lord. that The exiles might easily make their way back to the promised land. The prophet Ezekiel, too, speaks often of the gathering in of the lost sheep on the hillsides. 
that beautiful image, right? But who are the who are the sheep who are wandering without leadership on the hillsides? Those are the exiles of Israel. And he says, I myself will shepherd my people. I myself will bring them back. Now, here's the overall point, everybody. A scattered Israel cannot realize its mission of gathering in the nations of the world. See, that's Israel's vocation. As long as Israel is divided or separated, it is not magnetically attractive to everyone else. I've often cited that from the book of uh, Isaiah. Mount Zion, right, the temple, the true pole of the earth, all the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. There it is, the 12 tribes coming together. But the idea is now from that position, the 12 tribes become the magnetic gathering point of the whole world. Now all the tribes of the world will be attracted by Israel. But if it's divided, it doesn't have this power. Now, as I've been saying, all this was meant quite literally. They, they really wanted the tribes to come back. But I'd say this in the Bible, exile is also a kind of spiritual metaphor. It's a trope for having wandered far from the Lord. I hope that makes sense, because I think they're, they're operating at different levels. There, there's a literal sense of, yes, we want the exiles back. But figuratively speaking, we're, we're all exiles in the measure that we've wandered away from the Lord. Think here of the symbolism inherent in the story even of Adam and Eve, who after sin are exiled from the garden. That's one way you can read the whole Bible. Sin exiles us from life, and now God's in the business of drawing us back, a return from exile. How wonderful, by the way, that when Jesus is buried, he's buried in a tomb, and it's very carefully laid out in John's Gospel, that was in a garden. It's not accidental, is it? That the, the dying and rising of Jesus is the way back into the garden that we were exiled from through sin. Okay, so that's, that's a key theme throughout the Bible. Think, too, of uh, St. Augustine's magnificent uh, phrase, the land of unlikeness. He said sin is a wandering into this land of dissimilitude. What does he mean? Look, we're made in the image and likeness of God. We're similar to God. As long as we stay on God's uh, beam, then that similitude is in place. But when we wander into sin, it's as though we've wandered into a land of unlikeness, of dissimilitude, See, spiritual exile. Now, this motif of blindness and lameness takes on new depth. So we heard, even the blind and lame will come back. Right. It means that literally, even though the weakest and, and most vulnerable, the great throng of exiles will come back. But now we're looking at it more spiritually. Because all of us who are alienated from God are spiritually blind. We don't know where we're going. And spiritually lame. Because when we move, we do so only haltingly. All of these sufferers, and that means all of us, need to be gathered back to the Lord. Okay, can I suggest, everybody, this is the background, and it's kind of a, a rich, textured background, against which we're meant to understand the great gospel account for today of the healing of Bartimaeus. 
Wonderful, by the way, is it that he's his name is remembered. Sometimes, you know, people are, are named in a, just an abstract way. But here we get this man's name. And, you know, Bartimaeus didn't just disappear from the from the world after the, the resurrection of Jesus. I think Bartimaeus was around for a long time and, and told people this story and could confirm it, you know. Anyway, we hear that he's a blind beggar sitting by the walls of Jericho. It makes him, of course, a very apt symbol of the inner exile of sin. Remember Jesus' great parable of the Good Samaritan, which begins with a man going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. See what that means symbolically. Someone that's gone from grace, Jerusalem, down to Jericho, from grace to sin. And see, in that condition, he can't see. He's blind. That's why Bartimaeus is blind. He's furthermore stuck, doesn't know where to go, doesn't know how to move. See how Bartimaeus now is everybody. It's all of us. Everyone listen to me. All of us are spiritually in exile, blind, lame. What do we need but this new exodus, this new return? Okay. To his enormous credit, Bartimaeus knows he's lost and so commences to beg. I think it's so important for us. How central in the 12-step programs, when someone's caught up in some addiction, how essential that in those programs one confesses that he is powerless. He's unable to save himself. Listen to Bartimaeus. Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. He's a, he's a blind beggar. He's in no position to, to take control of his life. No, no, he begs. And then how beautiful, how beautiful that in, in naming Jesus, calling out to him, he invokes the imperial king of Israel, David. Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. See, well, David is the one who presided over a united Israel. David, through his great uh, military exploits, but also by his spiritual heroism, unites the tribes. And so Jesus is being properly invoked here as the son of David, the new David, who's calling the exiles back. That's Bartimaeus. That's all of us. So Jesus stops, we hear, and calls him. Now, this is the moment, everybody. Faith, as Paul tells us, comes from hearing. It's not an accomplishment of ours. It's a call. It's a summons. The magnet has begun to attract the filings, right? The call of Jesus is the very heart of the church. Ekklesia in Greek. The word for church is from ekkalein, to call out from, right? When you're called by Jesus into the church, you're being summoned home from exile, out of ekkalein, out of slavery and exile, into inclusion in the promised land. And what follows inevitably is a return of sight, right? So the Lord says, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man says, eloquently enough, Master, I want to see. See, when we found Christ, the light comes on. 
when Christ has called us home, now we see right from wrong. We see the good path from the bad one. Notice how often light and illumination are used as spiritual symbols in the Bible. They stand for the vision that follows a return from exile. And then lastly, notice how beautifully the story concludes. Having recovered his sight, Bartimaeus now follows Jesus up the road. Following the Lord, of course, is the classic symbol of discipleship. Walking the right way. See, sitting by the walls of Jericho, Bartimaeus was effectively lame. He was unable to move, blind, didn't know where to go. But once he's returned from exile, he now moves with ease and with confidence. Think of Mary here after the Annunciation, proceeding in haste into the hill country of Judea. Of course she proceeds in haste. She knows exactly what to do. She knows exactly where to go. It's the beauty of Mary, of course. Mary never wandered into exile. Mary is conceived without original sin. So she's the, the archetype of the disciple. And so she proceeds in haste. See, friends, the whole life of the church is symbolized in these great readings. We hold up the lumen gentium, the light of the nations, the light of the world, Christ Jesus. We exist as a church, what? To draw people home from exile, to cure their blindness and their lameness. This little story, it's our story. It's a story of the church. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.